Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. It is the Lithuania preview. Uh, this one isn't on YouTube because we are actually doing this in person at the Dunning Residency. I tell you what, Pete likes to give it the whole uh, posh Sullivan chat, doesn't he? And this place isn't too shabby. You it's know? not too bad at all. Nicely, freshly mown lawn. Just for us. Just for you guys nice, coming. Yeah, nice totally. Yeah. <laughs> Should have seen us steal the place yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I am Andy Bell. As you've heard, I'm joined by Peter Baker and by Dave Dunning. And we're going to get stuck straight in because we've loads to get through. We have an interview with Lithuanian football journalist Lucas Gintautas to come. Uh, we're just going to talk a little bit in general about the group. People come to you first. How are you feeling? I remember kind of having a chat with you after Bulgaria where we talked about maybe the campaign being over. Um, and we sort of thought we'd have to get maximum points from Lithuania and Bulgaria. And then that's before we even try to get anything off Switzerland, which is tough enough in itself. Six months on, are you any more optimistic? I, I can't say I'm um, obviously a break you sort of forget the past and you're back your renewed sense of energy and uh, hope for Northern Ireland but we've got to beat Lithuania I'm convinced we will but then watching Switzerland in the Euros against France <laughs> and watching them dominate France for yeah. and play pretty well uh, filled with a bit of dread actually I'm not, I'm not too convinced we can get the job done against them especially considering we drew against Bulgaria um, any more optimistic? I think the big thing on Switzerland is the manager. Yeah, yeah. true. You know, it's what, eight years he's been there? Um, so that's going to be quite the transition for them. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think we all saw what happened to Turkey when they changed their manager just before the mm-hmm. the tournament in the summer. And <laughs> just absolutely fell apart. You, you didn't know that, Pete, did you? Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's, the, I think that's the, the one thing I'm clinging to that maybe gives us a shout in those two games because it's it's gonna come down to those two games really yeah. isn't you gotta yeah. you gotta bank on picking the picking the points up elsewhere you write it lay off and then it's gonna come down to almost like a double header so yeah I'm I'm cautiously and reluctantly optimistic. Alright, good stuff. Well let's just focus on this Lithuania game because we are as I say gonna do podcasts around the Switzerland game. We'll do it after the Estonia one we'll probably have a, an interview with a Swiss journalist coming up as well. Um, but Pete Lithuania they are um not fantastic. They're not fantastic at all. They're, I think, <coughs> should have had this open. Uh, they're 134th in the world, 47 out of 55 amongst the, the European nations. I mean, under Michael O'Neill, we've come very good at beating these te- these lower teams home and away. And, and that's the that's the key to getting yourself in the in the running for qualification. Because in, in as Dave says, two games against Switzerland, okay, while they, they are looking fantastic, it, it's... It's a, it's, it's a small sample size and you can get one result and you can get yourself in the mix so to speak yeah. um, but I feel like we could kind of do with a win and a performance here I know performances have yeah. been decent at times under Barraclough but a win and a good performance would, would buy him a little bit more time Oh, absolutely I mean traditionally Lithuania tend to be one of the whipping boys in Europe don't they so, along with Malta uh, San Marino etc we've we've got to hammer them I mean we, we thought Bulgaria were bad <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with respect to Bulgaria but what are Lithuania like in comparison I'm sure our players might class theirs man for man oh yeah I mean 100% I mean we've got to put ourselves in the mix as if like we've got to go into that Switzerland game with a win because they play Italy don't they so it's Switzerland play Italy on the Sunday night yeah Yeah. so that's almost as big for us as, as our own game obviously so, we need to take care of ourselves yeah. so if we lose that and then beat Switzerland we could go ahead of them in the group yeah at the halfway point so yeah we've got to put ourselves in the mix after this game and probably try and boost that goal difference 
Yeah, Dave, uh, 10 of the 26 of the, uh, the squad that they've named play in Lithuania, including 5 of their 11 against Italy and 4 of their 11 against Switzerland, play in the local league. Um, now, the Lithuanian champions did beat Linfield 5-1 on aggregate. Stop you smirking. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but you know, it is, it is, a, it is one of the, the lower-ranked league, uh, lower league leagues in Europe and uh, for them to be picking a lot of players kind of from that... That local scene does does bode well for us. Although the two games they've played in the group so far, the 2-0 loss to Italy and the 1-0 loss in Switzerland, they did seem to hold their own. And it's nations like this, they're, they're, they're going to spend their whole time defending. That's all they're going to do in training. They don't see the other end of the pitch. Um, and we haven't exactly been proficient in, in breaking them down, breaking these nations down, and uh, especially with our, with our striker situation that we'll come on to talk about. So is that a worry for you at all? Yeah, they, these sorts of teams particularly are um, they're going to they're going to make themselves difficult to beat they're going to make themselves hard for, hard to create chances against mm-hmm. and it's shown in the two results that they've had so far um, but realistically if you were not going out and beating Lithuania we don't deserve to qualify it's no. really for me it's just as simple as that um, Pete's right man for man we're a far better outfit mm-hmm. Um We've got players now that are playing at a decent level and they're playing week in, week out. And, you know, we'll come on to talk about Shane Lavery, I'm sure. But, you know, he's playing minutes every week mm. at a far better level. No disrespect to Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, Blackpool is just a far higher level. Um, and he's he's scoring goals and he's putting in performances and he's getting he's getting rave reviews from the manager. So these are the sorts of things that you need to look to and trust that he's got a guy who can stick the ball in the net that's what you're going to need against these teams and for too long we we haven't had that guy so yeah it really is about sticking it in the tent against these boys and you're right against against um, teams like this before under Michael O'Neill that's what that's what our whole campaign was based on Mm -hmm. going and getting those results um, giving yourself a platform to go and get the results that really put you in contention Hmm. So if we're not, if, we're, if it's going to be another Bulgaria and we're going to sit back and we're going to labour and toil not to put the ball in the net, then realistically you just write, you just write it off. And I think Baraclough really is on borrowed time then, I think, yeah. if that's the case, to be really honest with you. Do you think it's in sacking territory if he doesn't win this game? I know it's, you know, people will make the... The comparison to Michael, but Michael did get the result against Russia. He did get the result against Portugal, albeit those games against Azerbaijan and Luxembourg were completely disastrous. Um, is there an argument that 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 maybe it's if, if, if genuinely if he doesn't win this game, he, he might have to go? I don't think he'd go after this game. I think he'd get the end to the end of the campaign. Yeah. Um, well, his contract's out at the end of it, so he's yeah, certainly not going to renew. I don't think he's going to get renewed if he doesn't beat the likes of Lithuania. He'd need to do something pretty special against uh, Italy and Switzerland, otherwise, but. I mean, it doesn't fill anyone with optimism. We can't beat Lithuania, does it? It, wouldn't, it just wouldn't look good for him. No, yeah. absolutely. Um, I'll stick with you, Pete, because we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the squad. Uh, there weren't any massive surprises in it, really. Uh, we always like to talk about the team, specifically the 11 in the second part of the podcast. But it, it struck me, first of all, I had a look through the previous squad that he's named, and he always likes to name 26 players. You can name anywhere between 23 and 30, according to UEFA's rules. He's named 25 here. And he's left out Kyle Lafferty seemingly without any injury issues or issues that would stop him playing the game aside from football. And Liam Boyce is also out due to family reasons. 
Do you think this is? I mean, we've talked about the the potential beginning of the end for Lafferty before, but it's it's a it's a big blow for him not to be named in this squad when seemingly there's nobody even taking up a space. He's not taking up a space that yeah. somebody else would come in. Otherwise, he would have named another one. Um, it's uh, what is it for you? Is it down to the league he's playing in? He's playing in Cyprus or? It was only four months ago we were talking about a revived yeah. Lafferty, 13 yeah. goals and 13 for Kilmarnock. It's it's a strange one. I think that's got to be a massive part of it, isn't he? Going to Cyprus, uh, backside of nowhere, yeah. <laughs> in fairness to it, you know. Uh, especially for Northern Ireland fans, like we don't watch the Cypriot League, no. do we? But we keep an eye on the Scottish League and how mm. he was doing at Kilmarnock, and that was really uplifting to see. I thought we're back, we're back in business. We finally got a goal scorer. He might be back fit. Um, so he's he's just gone off and become an unknown, unknown quantity again, which is a bit disappointing. And especially at his age, it's not going to do himself any favours. And he hasn't shown his form with the national team in years. Mm. But I wouldn't write him off <laughs> just yet. Write him off at your peril. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. He comes back and scores 15 for someone in Scotland again or something. Um, but I, I, I completely understand why he's left under this team. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it probably wasn't going to start for us. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I wouldn't have him starting. But even you know, when you sort of think about when he has been in the Arsenal nowhere before, yeah. he's come on in games. Maybe yeah. remaining at the start of the Nations League, he wins the header. We, we get the goal from there. Obviously, nearly actually sends us to the Euros with that that, that effort yeah. against Slovakia. I, funny, enough, I was having I was having like a, a debate with somebody the other day, and uh, he was annoyed about Lafferty not starting or not being in the squad and I'd sort of made the point that he hasn't actually scored for five years now it's coming up to five years since yeah. he scored a goal for Northern Ireland and he said to me that means F all when he came in for the Euro 2016 qualifying campaign he hadn't scored for a couple of years I'm like well this theory could just go on forever 15 yeah. years time we could mean well he did come in and after he'd done nothing yeah. you're picking a 45 year old Kyle Lafferty but uh, no we, we've, we've done that before I'll move on to Johnny Evans uh, Dave because that is obviously the the main issue he has been named in the squad but Brendan Rodgers has come out uh, earlier this week on his press conference and said Johnny was in the squad in case he made a miraculous recovery reality is he won't be fit so he won't travel now Switzerland is still one and a half weeks away the miraculous recovery could in theory still happen oh he's definitely playing <laughs> Barakov's definitely picking him isn't he well, if, he, if, if he's gonna if he's gonna get sacked anyway, he might as well, you know. <laughs> um, but we, we, we've had a weird one with Evans because I feel like we've talked about this in, in all the preview podcasts we've done, where he's had a bit of a niggle and we don't know if he's gonna play or not. But it looks for all the world he's certainly not gonna play Lithuania anyway. Um, I'm not that bothered about that. I think we can get through that. But Switzerland, it's it's just a huge blow, and it what looked like an improbable task is becoming very close to impossible without him. Yeah, I was shocked to see his name on the. On the, yeah. the the squads list, I absolutely couldn't believe it. I would see to be honest, I was, I was shocked not to see Lafferty's name. Mm-hmm. I, I I find of, of all the occasions where you can justifiably say I've got a good reason to pick Kyle Lafferty, it was this squad, given how he finished last yeah, season, yeah. and he hasn't done it. But mm-hmm. anyway, so Evans, yeah, very very strange. It's you don't risk him against Lithuania yet. No. He's even close to being fit anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, you wrap him in cotton wool and you try and get him onto the pitch. And I really don't care what Brendan Rodgers thinks. <laughs> I really, I really, really don't. You want to get him onto the pitch yeah. against Switzerland, even if he's seventy percent, like yeah. for leadership, for organisation, for for just the big game mentality, calmness as well. A hundred percent. You know, mm-hmm. especially if you're throwing in. You know, you presume he'll go a back three. Yeah. So. 
you're, you're talking about your mate Cathcart being, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's going to be, he's going to be the... It's going to be a struggle to pick a team without him for, yeah, for this he'll one. he'll be the elder statesman of the back three then with, with Ballard and I suppose, you know, you maybe have to go McNair, but yeah. it's, it just looks like there's a massive, massive hole um, if Evans' name isn't on the team sheet for that game against Switzerland, so that is a big concern. Yeah, anything to add from your side, Pete? No? Just nope. agree with all that, yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, listen, we're going to go to a quick interview now. Uh, I haven't actually recorded it yet with Lucas, but hopefully he's going to tell me that uh, that Lithuania aren't very good and uh, they haven't found a striker from, from somewhere that's uh, absolutely amazing and bangs him in. So, yeah, after that, we're going to be back here and we're going to talk about the Northern Ireland starting 11 and a little bit more. Delighted now to be joined by Lucas Gintautas, a Lithuanian football journalist, to have a little bit of chat about Lithuania. Lucas, thank you so much for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem at all. So first thing to note is you've got a new manager in, I believe. Um, yeah. So why why the change in manager? Was it down to performances? And um, what do you think of uh, Ivanovskis, the, the new boss? Uh, you know, the reason is simple why we changed the coach, because the results, the results was not that good as everyone expected. Of course, we all understand that, you know, we don't have... Uh, many players to choose from we don't have quality players they are not playing in the biggest leagues in in europe but again the results was not that good and the main objective for for this head coach was to win baltic cup mm -hmm. he he failed and you know it was time for for some changes and uh, talking about the new the new head coach valdas ivanauskas you know it's um, as we as we like to say in Lithuania, it doesn't matter who will be a head coach of this national team because, you know, the players are almost the same. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, every coach likes to implement something new, some new faces and everything. But in general, you know, national team is not that place where you can make, uh, make instant impact because every international window... For example, this upcoming window, you have, I don't know, they will have maybe two or three practices yeah. before the first game. After that, again, uh, traveling, again, one or two games, uh, two, one or two practices before, uh, before the game. And, you know, it's game preparations. Uh, the coach doesn't have enough time to implement his own ideas. But, you know, uh, I think uh, Valda Sivanauskas, and now he should be like a um, big authority because he was one of the best Lithuanian football players ever. Mm -hmm. So I believe that some of the players, especially young guys, they will look at him like a like, uh, big star, like authority. And who knows? Maybe it can help. Again, uh, the coach already made some uh, new things. He said that he wants to make this national team a little bit younger. So he called up uh, some interesting young guys who have never been in the national team before. So we will see. There is even one guy who have never been in under-21 national team. He is, I don't remember now exactly, but 17 or 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, but we will see. Okay, it's interesting you mentioned the, the Baltic Cup games. I didn't realize how important that was to the, the Baltic nations. I thought it was maybe just like sort of a friendly tournament. You know, um, it, it's, it's like kind of friendly, but 
in, in our yeah, you're playing your rivals yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can call it prestigious you know yeah yeah of it's, course yeah it's it's been uh, some time when we won it the last time so it was obvious that we want to win it again because you know we we want to be above at least uh, other baltic countries but mm -hmm. this time we couldn't do that Okay, well, uh, focusing on the previous World Cup qualifiers, you you started off with a one 0 win over Switzerland. Sorry, a one 0 defeat to Switzerland uh, and a two 0 defeat to Italy, who obviously went on to go on to be European champions. And I think the second goal for Italy was was in stoppage time as well. So, from the outside looking in, having not actually watched the games, they seemed like two decent results, but encouraging results. Was were they encouraging performances for Lithuania? I wouldn't say that it was encouraging. Okay. Because, of course, okay, the results wasn't that bad, 1-0, uh, 2-0, but when you are looking at the game, it's one way, <laughs> mm. you know, of course, we had some chances in counter-attacks, but in general, we were not playing good, and against uh, teams like this, it's, it's obvious that uh, we need to play, like, from defense, and this is what we can do the best. When our head coaches, it doesn't matter who, Ivanauskas, Urbanas, Jankauskas previously, if we are trying to play, you know, modern football with uh, ball possession, with, passi with passes, uh, with going forward, it's not nothing good for us. When mm -hmm. we start from defense, as I believe your country do as well, then, then we can at least try to get some points, some good results. And against Switzerland, against Italy, yeah, as I said, results were not that bad, but uh, performance wasn't great. So no goal scored, no points, nothing. So there is nothing to be encouraged by for. Okay. And um, well, well, Northern Ireland aren't quite Switzerland or Italy, you, you, you may have noticed. So do you think there will be a, a different, maybe slightly more positive approach to this game from a Lithuanian perspective? Uh, yeah, might be, you know. Uh, with due all respect, uh, Northern Ireland isn't Italy, isn't Switzerland. So everybody for this uh, international window in Lithuania, because of new head coach, because of some new players, everybody see this game as opportunity to get some points uh, because later on we have a away game in Bulgaria. Of course, this one is also like, maybe we can take some points. Mm -hmm. And after that, it, in this window, we have three games. Third game is away game against Italy. So mm -hmm. everybody understands that there we don't have anything to, to offer. But yeah, first game against Northern Ireland is, I think, we should go to, to more attacking approach. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, well, there was something I remember, I think, three or four years ago when England went to play Lithuania. There was a lot of talk in the media about the plastic pitch in, uh, yeah. in Vilnius. Is, I mean, I haven't really heard that much chat about it from our own media, but is that something that you see, you know, potentially... Um, not superior superior footballing nations, uh, better teams come to Vilnius and, and struggle to adapt to that pitch? Is that something you see? Um, yeah, might be a little, you know, it's like small advantage for our team because 
there here in Lithuania, you can find those artificial pitches all over this, the country. Of course, during the summer, we usually play in the most of the, for example, highest league games are played in uh, normal grass pitches. But yeah, our players are used to those artificial pitches. And, you know, for example, I don't know what situation is in, in Northern Ireland, but for example, I, I believe players from, let's say, Italy, they don't even know what is this artificial yeah. grass. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes it might be like, little advantage for us but again you can even ask local players who is playing on on this artificial grass everybody will say that they hate it there is there is no joy playing on, on mm -hmm. this artificial grass and you know this is uh, one of the things that we are ashamed in Lithuania we don't have national stadium yet so we are playing in that stadium and our I don't know how to say, uh, last hope, yep. the newest mm -hmm. hope I say, uh, is a stadium in Konas. Mm -hmm. We had stadium, it was like almost 10,000 seats. It was grass stadium uh, and now it's under renovation. So I believe next summer we will have like a new stadium, grass stadium with, with, with everything. I think it will be... Uh, fourth great four stars stadium uh, by UEFA so I hope next year we can uh, welcome other international teams in our brand new stadium well that's certainly something to look forward to um, I want to focus on the, on some players in in the Lithuanian squad which was uh, which was announced I think a couple of days ago and uh, Novakovas is a is a player that British football fans may know from his time at, at Hearts in Scotland. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Hearts have actually had quite a few Lithuanian players over the years, but Novakovic is certainly <laughs> the, the, the one in the squad. Is, uh, owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there certainly is a link. And, and, and the other one I wanted to mention was uh, Fedor uh, Chernik, yeah. who, who seems to have a, a very a, a pretty decent goal-scoring record at international level, even though I think for his club he plays on the wing, but for Lithuania he plays down the centre, uh, down the middle. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. So are they the two main threats for Lithuania? And I guess, is there any young players going under the radar coming through that Northern Ireland should be wary of as well? Mm -hmm. I would say Novikovas is a main threat. Let's put Chernik aside because he isn't the same as he was, as you said, a few years ago. Okay. Uh, he had some bad moments with injuries. Uh, also, as you said, he's playing sometimes in the middle, sometimes as a striker in the national team. And uh, I haven't asked him, but as we can see, like, where is he playing in his club in Poland? He prefer I, I believe he prefers to playing on the wing. So I would uh, say that Novikov is his main thread. He's playing in Turkey. He's absolute leader. And I think he has the most he has the best quality in this squad so i think you should be aware of him and what to mention else mm, we have some players injured so from those who are in i would say maybe justas lasitskas he is playing in serbia and uh, in every game i i would assume he is getting better and better here in national team 
he is getting used to this, you know, more pressure. He is used to get ball more often to go forward to, I don't know, uh, maybe even to dribble past one or even two players. So, yeah, I would mention him and what else? There are some young guys who are interesting and we will see. Okay, good stuff. We'll wrap it up there. Lucas, thank you very much for your time. Will you give me a score prediction just before we go? Aha, uh-huh, score prediction. Okay, that's that's always the hardest part. <laughs> but let's say uh, we changed the head coach. So, you know, there can be some positive momentum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we are playing at home as well. Artificial pitch. Uh, we don't know about weather conditions, but it's it's not that important. So... Let's say Lithuania 1, Northern Ireland 0. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I, I'm glad you've backed yourselves. I think if uh, if that happens, then it will be us that will be looking for a new coach maybe as well. So, uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, so look, as, as I say, thank you very much. Very insightful there. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I should just say before we return um, to myself, Dave and Pete, to talk about the Northern Ireland team, that there have been a couple of pullouts from when we recorded. We recorded on the Saturday afternoon, and uh, Josh McGuinness is, is is out of the squad. There have been further injuries to to Craig Cathcart, who we're not sure about as we record right now. And um, so, yep, yeah, just just to, uh, we did do a little bit of chat about Josh McGuinness, but I mean, you can basically replace his name for, with uh, with <laughs> Kyle Lafferty because uh, stylistically they're very much the same. So it is still relevant, but just putting that in there just to make sure you know. So yes, thank you very much to Lucas and back to myself, Pete and Dave. Massive thanks to Lucas Gintoutis for his time there. Um, just a quick, are we all going 3-5-2 here? We've kind of talked about the benefits of maybe going for it at the back, but he's, he's going to go 3-5-2, isn't he? Yeah? Yeah, Any yeah probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay, no problem. We'll start with centre-half then. So, Dave, as you say, uh, Cathcart and, uh, and Ballard are probably nailed for this one if he's going three at the back. I guess the argument then is, is, is between... McNair and Kieran Brown who's come in and done alright at times I don't know how much you've seen of him I don't know how highly you rate him for me just to kind of give my opinion first on this I think you don't put Kieran Brown anywhere near anywhere near Switzerland I think you throw McNair in there um, and you kind of lose what he gives you in midfield just to have that bit more solidity at the back you can maybe replace that with Dallas as I know you you, uh, you would like to see so is it a case of against Lithuania you give that back three of Cathcart Ballard and McNair a game together. I don't think they've ever played together before, and just get them used to each other before the biggest game of the campaign. Yeah, I think you do. I think if, if Evans isn't fit, which it looks like he's not going to be, I think that's what you do. And I think more than anything else, if you're going to have a lot of the ball against Lithuania, have someone who can play a bit at the back, maybe carry it out of defence, maybe commit some players um, and create a little bit of space in that way. That might be a decent option, um, rather than just having a kind of kick it and head at sort of centre half. You probably not need them. Yeah. Do you know? So I think having as many footballers and technically gifted players, if we can use that term for a lot of our boys <laughs> on the pitch, um, is, is really where you want to be. And I think, you know, I think we could talk about the limitations at, at centre half, but what we do have is options in midfield. So it's not such a it's not such a chore dropping him out of the midfield into the back three because you do have you've a variety of different um, different players there that can come in and do a job. So, yes, in short, definitely. Yeah, 
Same for you, Pete. I mean, we've talked. Uh, we've been impressed with Brown. Um, he has yeah. done well at times. I have a little bit of an issue with him. The fact that everything seems to be completely last ditch. And okay, while he hasn't made a specific mistake that's led to a goal, and that type of defending, that frantic type of defending, looks good. But ultimately, I think the best defenders in the world are the ones who are dead calm, and never yeah. break into a sweat, um, and and take it from there. So, do you think it's? Uh, do you think the losing McNair from midfield against Lithuania, where you're gonna? need to be breaking them down you're going to need that person third man in midfield to, to link the lines do you think that's too much of a risk or do you just think get the three of them playing together uh, I, I wouldn't mind starting Brown against Lithuania simply because the Lithuania game and the Switzerland game are going to be so different yeah you know I imagine if it's anything like Bulgaria our centre backs aren't going to have to defend mm-hmm. um, and is there much point playing McNair at centre back Mm-hmm. for that game when in midfield he could be out well, what about these mad overlapping runs into the front line he's well, doing well true I mean he was doing that from centre back um, potentially uh, I mean if Barclough wants to get them used to playing together against Lithuania when they're not going to have to do any defending is it yeah what, are you really getting used yeah, to I suppose yeah. well fair enough what are you, what are you practising for but again I, I wouldn't be opposed to it I mean we do have options in midfield it gives Thompson yeah. an op- a chance it gives another chance. Well, he's suspended for Lithuania, so is he? yeah, he is. Yeah, he picked up two yellows. Um, okay. He must have listened to the, the pod when you called him passive, but yeah. Michael, uh, Michael Smith a chance in midfield. Oh, <laughs> so we'll come on to talk about that. Just an interest. I want to put a poll up on the Twitter yesterday, where I said you know Brown or McNair for Lithuania and and for Switzerland just below it. Fifty-two uh, percent want to see McNair at centre half against Lithuania, and then seventy percent want them at centre half against Switzerland. Um, so just an interesting kind of dynamic there you know it's probably how I'd lean as well yeah yeah completely fair I'm, I'm 50-50 for yeah. that I'd probably just I'd probably just rather see McNair in there against against Lithuania to be honest I think Kieran Brown I understand the, the excitement around it because he's kind of come from nowhere he's a championship defender he's been touted as joining other championship teams and playing every week and that's brilliant for our squad especially somebody who can play centre half can play left back can play left wing back um, but ultimately it's you know it's, it's not a case of we need to, or he massively deserves minutes in, in qualifiers just yet. I think he has to prove himself a little bit more. And listen, if he has to come in and he has to do a job, I'm more than happy with it. And uh, you need those players in your squad. It's funny, we are assuming that Evans isn't fit. Well, we're assuming that Ballard's nailed on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, well, that's fair. Well, you he know. doesn't pick Ballard in Italy, does he? He picks no. Evans, Cathcart, and McNair at centre half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Ballard comes in. So, yeah, it's. You could, they could, they could, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. You could see Brown, Cathcart, and McNair there. Yeah. Now, it probably yeah. won't be, but again, I think it just shows we, we do have more options than we have done in, yeah. in quite a while. Definitely, and I, I suppose Brown's the only left footer out of those ones as well. I know Paddy McNair, when he's playing centre half in a back three for Middlesbrough, he's playing on the left, and that's where he, he kind of made his name last season. But yeah, uh, interesting debate there anyway. Um, Pete, I'll come to you first on the midfield and say Savile is suspended, and it does look for all the world that Ali McCann. It is his time now. He's played some yeah. friendlies, he's played some Nations League games, he's looked really good. Um, St Johnson have been playing in Europe this year um, against Galatasaray and I think Lask the Austrian team yeah. and he's massively stood out for them um, as I say we're recording this podcast on the, on the Saturday I always say the caveat of any injuries or whatever this is the time we're recording it but there's every chance he'll actually not be a St Johnson player when we play Lithuania because this game is at uh, is on, the, is on, the, on yeah. the Thursday night and the deadline's on the Tuesday so clubs are going to come in for him I read this week that they're expecting bids for him um, do you think it's just a straight swap Ali McCann in the midfield? Yeah, 100%. He has to start for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, nailed on. He was so impressive in the games he was playing. 
um, before the summer and him and Davis in the midfield should run rings around <laughs> Lithuania to yeah. be honest with you at least that's what I hope uh, but then who goes beside them I suppose there's... I'd play McNair mm-hmm. a bit more advanced from those two they can pull the strings McNair on a bit um, who's he linked with? he's linked with a few championship clubs and Celtic and Rangers I think have always been yeah. kind of sniffed around him so I think Preston are, are, are maybe touted to make a bid. But yeah, Dave, he's, he's, he's played the, the maximum possible minutes this season, including four European games, three league games, and going to extra time against Arbroath in the League Cup, which just seems like a, a nightmare for <laughs> for everyone involved. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, you, I, I knew you watched the game against Galatasaray, and we're, we're impressed with him. And he's, he just looks like a... Everyone was going on about Galbraith as being the technical footballer and the one that's Man United, but Ali McCann's in his third season in senior football now, and he's absolutely ready to come into the squad and make his mark for me. Yeah, 100%. What I noticed at the Galatasaray game was he's much more combative than I thought, mm-hmm. than I even remember when I've seen him come on and fits and starts mm-hmm. really sticking the boot in for such a... Like he's just he's a wee terrier, mm-hmm. but what he has is he's got some lovely touches um, he can link the play really well. Just a really smart user of the football. So, yeah, I think if you're not going to put him in now, um, I, I don't know when. Is it you know? Unless you're doing that daft thing that England tend to do, where as soon as he gets a move, the Rangers or Celtic or a Championship club, we go, oh, well, we'll pick you yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the same in training every, the same in training every week, and you know against Galatasaray, particularly the home game, it was absolutely superb, mm-hmm. superb. Um, so yeah I, I definitely start him um, along with Davis and I probably go Dallas because I because that's because I love Dallas in midfield okay yeah so, so you're picking McNair McCann Davis in midfield for, for Lithuania who would be your third against Switzerland just in case I don't know when we're going to have you on next uh, assuming three at the back yeah well it's going to be three in midfield um, anyway isn't it be Thompson. Okay. Yeah. Keeping keeping with Alice at, at right wing back. Yeah. Hoping I'm, Dave doesn't chuck you out of his out of his car. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I'm very much Dallas fullback. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not in the back four. Sure. Not in the back four. Yeah. I want him advanced. And I suppose if when you look at like back. for example Lewis's position against Bulgaria, he was a playing left wing. Yeah. You know he I really mean, was. He didn't defend him today. My thing with Dallas is I. As I've said many times before, I think he's best when he has open space in front of him and chance to carry the ball forward, mm-hmm. get overlapping, bomb it down the wing, and trying to be or a chance to be dynamic. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has that as much at centre mid. I think he's too much pressure on him. Mm-hmm. He can play there. I just think his his uh, his main assets are best mm-hmm. uh, used out wide. That's just my take on it. And I think we have centre mids now that can fulfil the role. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Tom, we, Tom we spent up end of the championship at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I mean, well, yeah. we'll see. If he plays centre mid against Switzerland as a stormer, I'll, <laughs> I'll maybe reconsider. <laughs> You'll renege. He plays well wherever he plays, yeah, let's be that's honest. Thing. You know? That's yeah. the thing. He's, yeah. he's just, so good. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like he's probably the one midfielder that you could rely on is actually getting beyond the ball yeah. and getting beyond yeah, the centre forward. Yeah. And I think we, we lack that. And we talk about, we talk about, us not being able to stick the ball in the net yeah. that's something else that we haven't mm. had that helps you stick the ball in the net yeah. even if it is just taking defenders away and occupying space yeah. so that's where that's where my head is on it because yeah. um, I just don't think any of those other guys are really going to do that for you yeah. Savile's tried but you know he's not that good at like kicking it in the goal is no, he? No he's not that's that's a fair 
fair criticism of him. Um, I, th I just think for Lithuania, you probably need one of McNair or Dallas in that midfield. Just somebody who I want to, I want to at least partially believe that we may get a goal from midfield at some point in this campaign. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why I, I'd I'd go for one of those. And because I'm playing McNair centre half, that would mean Dallas. Um, and then on the on the wing backs. Well, we'll come on to talk a bit about the wing backs briefly at the end. But Dave Barclough sort of nailed his colours to the mast with. Josh McGuinness, I feel. Um, I think Josh McGuinness just starts for him now. If it's in a two, he'll try and get somebody. <laughs> Pete's not happy. I know I will. Pete certainly nailed Scott the Master, which is why I've come to you first. I'll come to you on on <laughs> on, on Lavery, on Lavery, Pete. But, but yeah, what do you think of that? Do you think, you know, there's an argument that people were saying about Barclough before the before the last few games that he, he doesn't know what his best 11 is and that's a, that's a criticism often thrown around at managers but he said I'm doing McGuinness from the start and uh, and what are your thoughts on that really? Do you think it's it's a case of we're, we're going to lose what he offers us off the bench which is my argument a lot of the time? Yeah, it, it's, and it's, a, it's a fair argument. It's really hard to know. Like, I think you'd be surprised if he didn't start, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, well, I actually would start him for these games anyway because there's no Boyce or Lafferty, and I don't think there's any world in which he goes for two wee lads. No, the Charles is a big enough lad, isn't he? I think he's he's hustle and bustle, but he's not he's not six foot whatever. But then he hasn't really he picks him and doesn't play him as well. No, no. So I'd, I was shocked he was in the squad. Shocked. Yeah. I, I was I was shocked it was it was him and, and yeah. not Lafferty. Yeah, exactly basically. The same. Exactly you know, the same. especially with Boyce not being available. Yeah. You know, he, he, he seems to like his he seems to like his very old-fashioned big guy, little guy sort of <laughs> yeah. combo up yeah, there. Yeah. And McGuinness is is the big guy, and you know he'll work his socks off for you. Yeah. And listen, see for me, players are only ever as talented as they're ever going to be. Mm -hmm. If you go out there and you put a shift in, I'm pretty ha I'm, I'm pretty happy, and you're you're gonna you're gonna please me. Yeah. So and he do, he does that he does that more than more than most. So. He'll go out there, he'll make it difficult for them, he'll put himself about. I think certainly against Switzerland, if you're looking to try and make it difficult for them and press from the front, if that's the way we want to play, then yeah, absolutely. Um, and even, you know, there's a set-piece advantage there as well, both attacking and defending. It's a great option. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. think he could be better at making it stick. Yeah. When it's thrown up to him, and there's whether it's Washington or whether it's Lafferty, Lafferty, Lafferty working off him, I just think he could be better at holding it, making it stick, and, and linking the play a little mm -hmm. bit better. It's the one criticism we'd have of him because I just never expect him rather around the striker to put the ball in the net. So I'm, I'm not yeah. going to throw that. I'm not going to throw that at him when every other every yeah. other one from David Ailey hasn't been able to do it regularly. So yeah, yeah, uh, completely fair enough. I think Pete Shane Lavery is most likely to partner him now. Baraclough has talked about him before. We know he rates him. We know right, Michael rates him. Um, even when he wasn't scoring that many goals in the Irish League, he found himself in some Northern Irish squads. Obviously, that was before uh, the season yeah. before last. Yeah. He's gone over to Blackpool and he's made a huge impact. He's three goals so far, including a 90, 90th minute equaliser, 10 minutes into his debut. It uh, works out as a goal every 99 minutes uh, from the time he's been on the pitch. You can't argue with it. He's gone from Irish League to Championship, which yeah. is a jump we don't really see uh, for players going across the water. They normally yeah. start in League One, a la Dallas, a la White. But he's gone to the championship and he's made a massive impact and given that he was used off the bench in Italy given that he was given the start against the USA while he was still playing in the Irish League above a Charles who was playing you know, scoring 20 goals in League 1 it seems the, the perfect time to, for him to really start his Northern Ireland career now and get himself yeah, in the score I mean, sheet 
it's a no-brainer. He's got the start. We finally have a striker who scored some goals at probably the highest level in years. I mean, it's always been League One and yeah. uh, Scotland. But well, last he, season we didn't have a striker playing in the Championship. Now we could potentially have three if Charles gets his move in the next well, couple yeah. of days. So he, he has got the start. Yeah. Finally, something new, a bit more refreshing to see someone come in who's, who's quick, yeah. exciting, uh, and will work his socks off just like all the other strikers that we have. Yeah. I mean, just to touch on the previous point about McGinnis, I've no issue with Josh. Like he's been, he's had some class moments. Yeah, he always works hard for the team. He's it's only just a few goals off being like our third yeah. ever yeah. top goal scorer. Well, that which goes is back mental. to my point of like Northern Ireland players putting <laughs> in the net. <laughs> yeah. My my frustration is sticking with the same tried and tested. Yeah, who consistently don't score. You know, from strikers back, we're fine. Tinker with that, or that's pretty settled. Sorry. But with the strikers, why not give Charles a go? You know, he'll probably do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like we, we're taking out a strikers. He'll probably not score as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we might as well take the chance and You've see. You've literally nothing to lose yeah. in terms of goals. Literally, yeah. literally it's, the, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, we could play. You know, we could play any. We could play us <laughs> and we'd probably do the same thing. Not score. We might as well take a gamble. Yeah. You know, like why not play two small guys? Why not play White and mm-hmm. Lavery? See how it goes. And I think the the other point in that Dave kind of playing two wee lads is I think when you when they look up and they see McGuinness or they see Boyce or they see Lafferty they think I'm just going to pump it here whereas if they look up and they see like a Lafferty and a Charles or somebody like that you know they might actually think right we're going to have to play through here oh there's Steve Davis he's really good in the ball there's Ali yeah. McCann he's a good technical player as well and it could help us in that way or hit um, the channels or, or hit the channels yeah, yeah I think like if you're talking Switzerland oh, and you're going to be playing yeah. You know, in your own half. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you ask me, I'd probably I'd probably be happy to see Washington and Lavery and just say, Do you know what? Just stick it. Just get them turn them around. Yeah. Turn them around. They're gonna have plenty of space to run into. Mm-hmm. They're quick, they're sharp. Um let's put it into the channel, put it over the top, yeah. get Davis in a bit of possession in the midfield mm-hmm. and see if he can slip a ball in between the centre yeah. halves yeah. and see what see what joy you get out of it. Yeah. Because for me, I understand the argument of having a tall centre forward to support you with set pieces and stuff like that, mm. but if you can't get up the other end of the pitch, yeah. you're not getting any set pieces mm. anyway. So, yeah, I think Lithuania is a different it's a different challenge, yeah. and I think you probably do go with a big lad then. Possibly, mm-hmm. I suppose so, so we're getting lots of crosses in. Yeah, against Lithuania, I get yeah against Switzerland. If we play a big forward, just end up pumping it up to them. We're relying on their touch to be immaculate because they'll be surrounded. <laughs> Which Josh by, McGinnis is, isn't, by the way. <laughs> we'll be. Like they'll be surrounded by none of our players because they're all defending, and then three Swiss defenders yeah. who will all charge on him yeah. and really pressure, put pressure on him, and we'll probably lose the ball, and it's the same again, yeah. another wave of Swiss attacks. So we've, it's got to be played in the channels with it's getting what, them turned. It's, like what, it's a horrible task for a centre forward. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, thankless, yeah. Yeah. you know. It is, it is horrible, but that's what we're going to face. That's what we faced against. That's what Pep Guardiola always says, isn't it? The quicker it goes forward, the quicker it comes back at the end of the day, and that more often than not is actually Unless borne out. We've got you DDA drop by standing up there, well, yeah. which we don't, and we could really, really do with. Um, okay, we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, Pete, let me go through the team you've named. So you've said Peacock, Farrell. You're three at the back with McNair. Um, you're going Thompson, Davis, McCann. Um, I take it then you're going Dallas, Lewis, McGinnis, Lavery. Uh, is this for Switzerland? Uh, for Lithuania. I'd for Lithuania. I, I'd actually play McNair midfield. You play McNair midfield. Kieran Brown. Okay. Uh, aside from that, fine. And up top, I'd play Dion Charles and Lavery. Dion Charles and Lavery. Okay. Get the best finishers on the pitch. If we're going to create chances, yeah. 
Why not get the finishers on? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and we will get chances in that game. Dave, just to quickly wrap up, um, who would your wing backs be then? I think you've sort of named the rest of your team. Probably That's Smith and Lewis then, isn't it? Smith and Lewis, yeah. No temptation with White, he played quite well there in the market. I've game. always thought this is a really interesting experiment yeah. to throw White out there and just see what you get from it. He's got a yeah. real recovery pace and it's stuck I like I like him. Yeah. I, like I think him. he's I think he's a bit of a wild card. I'm not tempted by Jordan Jones at left wing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know what? I was sitting there and was thinking to myself, how long is it going to take for one of these lads to start to trigger me? Um, no, I think I think Jones Jones is probably a decent option from the bench. Yeah, you know, I think that Says is three gritted teeth. I know it's terrible. It's terrible because it's it's only a matter of time before he does something. That's something we haven't really really talked about either. Because he played played up front in the two and the friendlies, and we thought that maybe be an option. But just I think Lavery's forced his way into the squad. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like there was yeah. years gone by that you just you just knew which eleven and we're yeah. going to walk out under the pitch, and it just isn't that way anymore. Yeah. Do you know to excite me? Jones and Lavery up top. Aye. Yeah. That would that would really ex- we might score with that. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Wouldn't go that far, Pete. Yeah, All right, give me a score prediction. Three uh, 0 Northern Ireland. Three 0 Northern Ireland, Dave. Two 0 I'm going to go 2 0 as well, and my wing backs would be White and Lewis. All right, thank you very much, Devon, for listening. Uh, do follow us on the Twitter at Spirit of 2016 Pod, um, and do give us a subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on whatever, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, and we'll be back again after Lithuania for a post-match reaction. Thank you very much to Dave, Pete, and I'll see you again next time. Bye bye. <laughs>